My name is Alan Carter, and I'm the general manager and executive professional at the Edmonton Country Club out here in Edmonton, Alberta. And welcome to our third podcast in our series of the state of retail and consumers, where they are going to, where we're going to ask the experts at Dionico Inc. of Chicago, a global retailing, consulting, and training firm, to tell us what's happening in the world of business and retail. In particular, what is going to have an impact on our business? and to give us some ideas on how we need to change to stay relevant and continue to thrive. James Dion, president of Dionico Inc., is on the phone with me to talk about business disruptors and why you should know who they are and what they are doing. Jim, what are business disruptors and who are they? <laughs> okay, Ellen, really, again, great question. Uh, they, are, they are people who are blowing up business. They're, they're doing things so completely different. In the last podcast, we talked about you know, traditional retailers that, that are anything but traditional, by the way, but retailers that are doing some very exciting things within their store, uh, retailers that we could possibly learn from and take some, some ideas from. What, we wanna, what I want to talk about right now is complete disruptors. These are people who are literally blowing up entire industries. I think the one that most of our uh, listeners will recognize is Uber and uh, the other you know, competitor of theirs, Lyft, and by the way, Lyft is coming to Canada, uh, and Airbnb. Three examples of business disruptors. People who looked at an existing way of doing something and completely turned it on its ear. And there's no doubt that Uber has disrupted the taxi cab industry uh, like nobody in, in the entire world. So they looked at this whole business of taxi cabs and said, you know, it, it is not very efficient. And they also looked and saw there were a whole bunch of people driving around uh, in their cars and, you know, we're going to work or going here, or going there, running errands. And they said, well, why can't we, you know, get these people who are just driving around uh, to also, you know, share their ride. And so the concept was initially ride sharing, and then it quickly morphed into a point-to-point -point type of service in the Uber that we know today. And we're also, by the way, seeing Uber morphing into delivery. <laughs> so Uber is actually making delivery, same-day delivery, for retailers and for online merchants. So it, it continues to morph, and we're also seeing Uber, by the way, and that's why you can never, ever in any business uh, close one eye or, or sleep. Uber is now also a huge investor in self-driving cars. <laughs> and so as, as the technology or the concept of disruption disrupted the taxi cab industry, the long-term game for Uber is to disrupt the entire rideshare industry and have self-driving cars picking people up and driving them around. So it, it is a very, very interesting, you know, disruption. By the way, they have caused a huge amount of pain, just as an aside, in the taxi cab industry uh, here in Chicago. Uh, three years ago, a medallion, uh, which is, is the license that the city grants for a cab to operate, was selling for about $400,000. And many cabs, this was their... Uh, uh, this is their retirement. This was their investment. And they mortgaged uh, their homes or whatever to, to be able to buy these. And uh, now they're worth about $40,000 and falling. <laughs> 
And so Uber has really, really caused an awful lot of pain uh, in, in the entire cab industry. But we're seeing these disruptors all over the place. Another really good example, the Dollar Shave Club. A couple of guys, again, the disruptors are, if, if, let me just put it this way, they're looking at a pain point and they're saying, okay, if we can solve this pain point, then potentially we can build a business. So how did Dollar Shave Club start? Well, it started by a guy saying, you know, this is crazy. I'm driving in my car to go buy some razors. And when I get into the store, I'm likely going to find that they've been, you know, locked up behind glass. I got to get somebody to unlock them and then buy them and they're really high priced and then bring them home. Why don't I just, you know, get these things delivered to me every day or every week rather? And that was the birth of the Dollar Shave Club. And the Dollar Shave Club literally just blew up the whole shaving industry and about a year ago eight nine months ago they were actually acquired by i believe procter and gamble for a billion or so dollars and it wouldn't be long i think before procter and gamble kills them so that they can continue <laughs> no, i just joking but uh it you know yeah they were incredibly highly valued and P&G did buy them uh or look at another retailer we're seeing uh a a brick and mortar retailer that grew or started online, tremendous disruptor, uh, called Warby Parker. And Warby Parker grew out of a couple of grad students, one of them as a matter of fact, breaking their glasses and finding out for a whole semester that they couldn't replace them because it was too expensive. And so they built a whole new online uh, uh, process for selling fashionable frames and glasses for $99. When up until they're coming along, $350, $450 for, for glasses. And now Warby Parker has moved that business. They're still doing it online, but now they're going out and opening brick and mortar stores. Once again, uh, uh, tremendously disruptive. Uh, another one, if you've uh, ever heard of Casper, not Casper the ghost, but Casper the mattress uh, uh, supplier, uh, again, go out and have a look at and Google Casper. They're one of many, by the way, who are doing this now. It's called Mattress in a Box. They're selling a, uh, a complete you know, regular size, queen size, king size mattress, but it comes to you in a box. And they free delivery. You get to try it for up to, I believe it's 60 or 90 days. And if you don't like it, uh, they will come and take it away. And uh, very reasonably priced. Once again, they have revolutionized and disrupt, disrupted the entire mattress industry. Another one that is out there, and as a matter of fact, you can see these guys in Canada called Spence Diamonds. And Spence Diamonds is disrupting the whole diamond industry. They're saying to customers, diamonds can be manufactured. And diamonds, all diamonds in the ground have been manufactured by Mother Nature. We manufacture diamonds using the same techniques. And they do. And they create real diamonds, not synthetic, not cubic zirconia, whatever, but real diamonds that only, only a certified jeweler 
under high, high-powered microscope can tell the difference. And as a matter of fact, a, a regular jeweler can't tell the difference. These diamonds are absolutely beautiful and stunning. And you can order them on their website in different settings or go to their retail stores, Spence Diamonds. Uh, they are upsetting and and completely disrupting the whole diamond industry because their prices are about one-tenth to one-fifth the price of a regular diamond. And then finally, uh, uh, an Aussie Australian company that is called Shoes of Prey, a amazing, amazing online retailer that is really leveraging technology to find out as much as they possibly can about their customers so that they can design the perfect, what we call, bespoke shoe for the customer. And they want to know as much as they can about you. And the more they know about you, the more they tailor the perfect shoe for your foot. Uh, unbelievable. I, okay, Jim, This my next question is going to be pretty simple. How long before somebody starts seeing these problems in, in our industry, my industry, and starts coming up with solutions? Uh... Really good question. I, I, you know, I believe, and I've seen a lot of, in, and in you have too, I'm sure, on a lot of innovation in, in the world of golf that we've, we've discovered that, that an awful lot of customers can't afford uh, to spend, you know, to, to play 18 holes today. And some of them can't even afford, to, you know, the time to do, to do nine holes. And so we're coming up with, and there's a lot of different innovations occurring out in the industry. Uh, indoor golf, I've seen you know, golf simulators, which have been around for a while. Uh, there is going to continue to be all of this new stuff. And the, the thing I guess I would advise every uh, uh, pro shop owner, every pro shop manager, is to spend at least an hour a week Googling and looking at, and just Google uh, crazy golf, Google innovative golf, uh, Google uh, golf challenge, Google as many different words as you can that will give you an early warning for what's happening out there. And also spend some time as you go through your normal day, driving to work, going shopping or whatever, to look at other companies and what they're doing. As I told you uh, in, in the second podcast, that all customers shop horizontally. They are going to take what they believe to be something new, something different from often a completely, completely different experience. And there maybe they will go to a resort and have a particular thing happen to them at the resort and then come to the club and say, how come you guys can't do this too? How come we can't do this here? Or they may see something in a Starbucks or or in a, uh, a Gloria Jean, and say, "Gee, why can't we why can't we do that here?" Customers are going to take their ideas and get their expectations from all kinds of different businesses. So the challenge, I guess, I'm throwing out to all pro shop managers and owners is expand your mind. Look at all the stuff that's going on around you, and try to say. How is this going to impact my customer? And what can I do to get ahead of it? Uh, now, I don't, I'm almost afraid to ask this next part of it, but and what, what if we don't do it? I, 
I think you won't be, you know, you won't, it's, you know, there's nothing worse than a slow, slow, painful death. (laughs) I hate to, I hate to put it that way, but that really is true. Uh, You know, uh, uh, I I love that line. How did you go bankrupt? uh, You know, uh, uh, you know, slowly, then suddenly, Uh, you know, it's, it's going to be a very, very long walk to oblivion and it's going to be a painful one. So I think we really do have to change because clearly our customer has changed, our world has changed, and we've got to change too. Uh, you know what? I always enjoy getting the opportunity to hear um, your insights into the wonderful world of retail, and it's very easy to apply it to my industry because um, there's going to be people stepping up to the plate and they're going to start delivering it. So thank you, Jim. Uh, incredible food for thought and and very interesting insights into our need to become more horizontal in our understanding of the customer's changing needs. Um, there's a whole world out there that's eager to get to our customers, um, you know, share their heart and their wallet. <laughs> Absolutely. And they're very creative as well and disruptive. So uh, thank you again for your time. Perfect, Alan. Awesome. Do you have any other questions you want to throw out? Um, no, I don't. I, I I don't. I don't think it's my <laughs> present time. Um, it, as I say, it's. I know. I think I've had the chance to see you um, at least twice. I think it's three times now um, over the last little bit. And um, you know, it's. There are times that I just. It's incredible to think. I don't even with how quickly everything's already changing in the world, and you know, between internets and technology. Of you, know, you start talking about being able to change your prices as your competitors change your prices in your store. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's amazing Those stuff. things are wild. Yeah. Those really are wild thoughts. And, you know, it really takes some creative individuals that come up with some of these concepts, but and it's also uh, you got to have some of the right people involved in order to be able to pull them off. Yep. Oh, yeah. You're right about that. So, no, awesome. I was happy to do this, and... Uh, um, it's always a good refresher for me from stuff from, from January of this year. <laughs> well, thank you, Alan. All right. And Much appreciated. If I'm back next year, I'll, uh, I'll buy you a beer. <laughs> hey, no, no problem. I'm happy to be there and, uh, and, 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 and take you up on that. Okay, thank you. All right. Th- thanks very much, Jim. Okay, bye. Bye-bye.